The network marketing industry has changed dramatically in the last decade. With the advent of social media, digital marketing, the rise of the influencer, and all the tech platforms that promise something extraordinary, how do you separate the helpful from the hype? Welcome to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream, where authenticity and relationships, simplicity and duplication are at the core of everything we focus on. The fundamentals of building still work. Join us as we go Beyond the Network Marketing Dream. Welcome to another podcast. It's Patrick Shaw here, and I am excited to be with Dino and Danny Nadelko. And Dino and Danny are not only founders, I guess co-CEO and of New Hope Global, but they're builders. They're in the field, they're building, they're growing the business, and they started dead in the middle of the pandemic, October 2021. Guys, it is lots of questions for you both. It's great to have both of you on the podcast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us here. Thank you so much. So give us a little couple's backstory, okay? So you're building the business together. I've been married 26 years and have always worked from home and all the different businesses. It takes a special skill and a talent. Tell us how long have you been married and children? What's that situation? Like you said, it's a great way to be able to, first of all, to come together that way and work on something together on a company like that, because it just makes a difference when you are basically focused on this part, like you have the same vision and, and you're being able to do that from morning till the evening. Other than that, we are all coming from the network marketing space. I've been in this profession for the last eight years. Danny has been even a little bit longer than me. And we met at one of the events in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, in a few years ago. And after that, that's how it started. We are married for over a year already, been together for three years or so. That's what it is. It's interesting and an amazing journey. And so what inspired you launch your own company, a big endeavor? What inspired you to do that? I think that, as Dino was saying, we both met in the network marketing arena and we both had different experiences from different companies. And we saw that there were so many different aspects that we really enjoyed, but there were some of them that we really didn't like. And we wanted to really have some sort of a change. We didn't know how it was going to be because I was going to, with my company, with his own company back then when we were just distributors in different companies. Those conversations started and then we looked into several opportunities. We actually co-founded another company, which is still going and it's successful. And we decided that we wanted to go into another realm and another area, which you as an investor or as an entrepreneur always want to have something specific tailored to your own dreams and your own ideas. So we came with this idea just, I believe it was back May of 2021. It was like we've been discussing, but we didn't really land the idea until that time. Then we started looking into different projects, products, and then we ended up designing seven different products. And we have already launched two of them, which are supplements. And along the way, we had the vision to see many of the things we did not like. And I'm going to let Dino discuss some of those things that we really wanted to see and have a change and give hope for some people that in the industry, not everybody, because there's a lot of people that are very happy in their companies, but there are some people that go through really bad experiences we have been in the past. 
Yeah. Just say like probably this was the major thing, Patrick, on this journey so far. I started in this profession back in 2015 and had a huge, huge learning curve, but I would say a lot of success on it and been able to absolutely travel all around the world. I went to 50 different countries, had my teams, like one of the biggest teams was in Africa, for example, along with Europe and North America and so on and seen a lot of things. But then basically what really happened to us, first of all, to me before in my previous company, and then once we co-founded the company together, it happened the same way. It's basically like sometimes people say, you know what, you're an asset for someone for some time, and then you become liability. And once we saw this happen to us twice, basically that we have put all over uh, time how entrepreneurs we are, like it doesn't matter if it's three in the morning or five in the morning, if the work needs to be done, it's gonna be done. And when you get into this experience and then you see that someone else is trying to take advantage of you, you can't do anything else and just say, you know what, it's not just us, it's all other people. So we don't want to focus on the negative, but what was the liability part? What did you see as you becoming a liability in the organization? The most important thing is that when your vision and your goals and dreams are becoming bigger than might be a company by itself or the specific you know, organization by itself and so on. It's something like sometimes people say, just when you achieve something big, just settle on and just enjoy. Some people say, just enjoy the ride, right? But I'm like, you know what? I'm in my 30s. It's like, I wouldn't just retire right now and just do nothing for the next whatever years. I would yeah. like to do more and see where my limits are, right? It's very simple. I want to tell you very simple. Sum it up. He hit the top of the company, he maxed out the comp plan and he couldn't go further. That's yeah. the thing. In my case, it was more an issue of integrity and also an issue of making people pay for working with a company, like changing compensation plan, changing different things with some products, not delivering what it was promised and so on. So it has so a lot to do with the finance Part, but also the integrity, the some of the things that we did not like, but we wanted to, like you said, we don't want to focus on the negative. We said, so what can we do? Because yeah. we met with a lot of companies with different people that said, hey, come and work with us. And we even sat down with different business owners of very respectable big network marketing companies. And we told them we want these, these like Santa Claus list. And they're like, Oh, well, that's really good. We're probably not going to have that very soon. Different aspects like focusing on the customers, like focusing on really give them a really good experience on people that are struggling, like in different countries where we both work very heavily in the past. And right now, Nigeria, Mexico, Latin America, Asia, and those places, and maybe some parts of Europe as well, where the income level for some people is in Asia, in some of the countries I've been working on, Philippines and Vietnam, their income is like $80. For me to bring an auto ship, like force auto right. You wrote about that and yeah, you ever charge those people so much on a monthly basis and they simply can't. Tell me this, what has been the biggest surprise, positive and negative? What has been the most rewarding or maybe surprise positive aspect that have come out of you two starting your own company and building? I would just tell you very simple. It's we all understand that you're always going to have problems and challenges. You just have to decide if you're going to deal with your own problems and challenges or the problems and challenges of someone else. We at the end of the day, we say, you know what? We're just going to then at least be able to control these problems and challenges. If you want me to say so into the point, that's what it is. So being in control of your destiny, that's been the most rewarding. And then what's been the most surprising part from a negative? Is it managing all the different aspects of the business or what, so to speak, or the most challenging aspect of it that surprised you a little? 
I will tell you one thing that it might not be so, I would say, normal for a lot of the entrepreneurs, like how some people are thinking about, but we wanted to create a company that is going to be like self-sustainable from the very first day, which so many times people say, when you create a company, you need to put like just a lot of debts on it, a lot of loans, a lot of investors, a lot of money if you want to go fast. But we always say, you know what, we might not be like the fastest growing companies in the world, but our main goal is to be the longest lasting. And if you want to do that, we basically need to create the proper foundation from the very first day, because if the very first month or the very first year is not the one that you would like to have when you do this times 10 or times 100, then you might have problems later on. No, those are wise words, right? It's people think they want to grow fast, and then they find out the very thing they wanted was the destruction of the company. Yeah. Products don't ship, checks don't get paid. Growth can cause a lot of challenges. I can tell you some challenges. There has been some of those challenges. I think it doesn't have to do with the finances of the company or the people or the compensation plan, but it has been now it's not only building a team, but it's like the challenge. And we both being owners of different other things, real estate things, own restaurants and stuff, but it's the combination of the traditional model when you're a business owner of an network marketing company and you're trying to build your organization, mm-hmm. you have to really be very good at organizing your time. So I think that's the biggest challenge that I can say and that I've seen. There's a lot to manage, isn't there? Yeah. Yep. That's exciting. So, you know, knowing that you want to build at a steady pace, has that met your expectations? Have you been able to manage that steady, consistent growth as an organization for what is that now? You're going on just the over second year. Yeah, second year. Yeah. You're just yeah. into the second year. Uh, one of the big things is like what we had in plans already from the beginning is that the first year is going to be pretty much like a lot of, I would say, trials and errors when it comes to like seeing what's working for different cultures, different organizations around the world. We've been able to do that. For example, we physically deliver products in over 45 countries and not just, let's say, from one warehouse or what kind of NFR shipping or something, but we have basically over 15 different facilities like warehouses, like in in different continents and countries around the world, which basically, so first year for us was like really like building this foundation, like first expansion. But this second year, what we have really seen, and it's basically what we planned for is to start to creating this stability and to be able to take all those things that has happened in the first year and put them into place the way that it's not that much shaky anymore, that even if some like unexpected growth comes from somewhere, it's not going to completely throw you off the bus or something like that. Yeah, but I would say when it comes to the growth and expectations, I believe pretty much aligned to what we wanted. So when you guys start, you're distributors, you're out there building a business, you meet each other, you're only going back a couple of years here, and you decide, hey, we've had these challenges, we want to do our own thing. You've got to find a back-end platform, genealogy, commission engine, structure, marketing, you've got product, distribution, you've got to manage all of that, the branding for that. You've still got to recruit and build because it's a brand new company, so you've got to identify leaders. What did that process of identifying the different resources? Did you go to any consulting agency? Did you use, did you just start looking for back-end commission engines? How did you begin that process? (laughs) (laughs) It's not our first company. For me, it's probably my fourth uh, network marketing company that I founded and for Dino as well. 
it's pretty much like Patrick, the thing is it like it's again to, to be prepared, to know what's coming and what you can do in these specific parts. Let's say we have some people that we work with, let's say from the media team, from like the design, from all those kind of things that like we just use the world class things on that part. So we don't need to like everything like manage on our own or something like that, right? But then on the other things, like, for example, I would say like the biggest challenge for us, and I would say probably that's, Patrick, you're like very familiar with that, is the IT part. This is something that is always growing, always changing, always something that can be better, can be made differently. That's one thing that probably it got us the most, the time that we needed to invest on. But what we decided to do as well is we said, we're going to start with our own system. So we did not even like contract anyone or do any kind of the, like just pre-made system or something, but we pretty much developed our own system. One good thing about it is because my background is IT, I've been studying computer science. So it helped me to the point to understand, to basically to develop, like I would say the idea and the structure behind it. So it was much easier to develop something like that to, to get started. Danny, you're on the fourth company. Did you have partners in the beginning? (laughs) What is it that you learned or you didn't do that caused you to have to move? Because I don't know if you were in control those multiple times, but what was the move then if you were in control of your destiny? The first company, I think it's in going back to the first question that I want to just end up this Mm -hmm. thought is that we learned through all of these trials and errors Some of those companies are, and those entrepreneurs, they're doing really well, but it's not that there was like tragedy or anything like that happened, just went separate ways. I saw some things I did not like in some of the management. Some partners, were you saying you were a distributor in those companies or literally you started those? Yes. And I was an investor in some other network marketing companies. Very different though than being in control at the end of the day. You're an investor. And they don't have to use your ideas at all. Exactly. But the ones that I was like hands-on, like trying to get registrations and this and that and the other, then I saw the other part of, okay, so they're trying to get this product into a country illegally. And I I don't agree with that. This is not what I do. And the build part, a business. <laughs> exactly. And many other things. But those things showed us and taught us a lot of the connections because you need connections with people Mm -hmm. with because then if we were to start like from scratch like if we didn't have those experiences we probably would have had to consult with somebody absolutely now dino i have to come back to the question about the development in the software so on one hand i totally get it right it is frustrating when it starts to come to genealogy commission engines and and the complexity and the disappointment that sometimes comes with all of that in the companies that are out there. On the other hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like the race car group in Indy 500 that's raising their chickens to feed the crew. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different business. And you're trying to build a business. It's like starting by being the manufacturer, opening the facility, buying your own shipping trucks globally and doing the IT, it's almost like overwhelming. Why would you take on that task? 
Well, again, any platform to solve it at all? Again, it comes down again to what? For example, like one of the conscious decisions we made was like when it comes to the platform and the IT by itself, like the, the original thing that we use for running, like you said, the company and genealogy and the commission engine, all those kind of things. But then it comes down to like collaborations, right? It comes down, for example, like to any like extra tools that you can develop and use, for example. And then it comes down to even like for the shipping, like you said, right? We basically, we do like right now they call it like right like a four PLs, right? So basically it's so much easier to do that than doing it on your own, right? But again, like Danny said, you have to have this kind of connections and also the knowledge what is this like something that you can have it, for example, I would say in collaboration, but something that might be easier for you to control it on your own. Gotcha. So give us an idea, size and scope. Where are you currently? Have you held your first international event or are you trying to travel to these multiple countries, I imagine predominantly have three or four or five countries or whatever that you're focused on. Are you traveling there? Have you held your first big event? Where are you at in that process? It has been challenging two years, I would say, when it comes to traveling and when it comes to all those really things. Hard. And specifically, like I would say 80% of our business is like overseas, which makes it even like a little bit different than for many other companies, maybe based in the US and starting from the US or something like that. What we do pretty much, we just learned already from before, like combination between online and offline and those things is just like the probably the next generation thing to be able to combine these things together. So what we do right now, it's like we have different events. We usually do, I would say between every four to six weeks, we hold an event where we have between 300 to 500. The last time we even have 900 and something people that attended the event. So it's just like this part, serving markets where they need extra help. And just on the other side, also, of course, doing some international things where everybody comes together. But we've held our very first company event in Europe already. So yes, and we've traveled like a couple of times to different markets. You said where there's the most growth, that's where we have like small meetings or a little bit middle-sized meetings. So yes, we've been traveling. So I love your product first and customer first approach, whether it's FTC, which doesn't affect you guys nearly as much being overseas, but there is a real value. I grew up in the industry, sell to recruit. You certainly have that focus. Talk to me a little bit about, are you teaching your team those principles? And then how are you leveraging social media which can be a slippery slope. You've got social media, but it's about the relationship and authenticity and duplication and these fundamentals that often fly in the face of what maybe a digital marketer might do. How are you balancing that as you build a routine team and teach? We do a lot of, I think that we can say that we do most of it on social media, like probably 90% of our teachings and strategies and what we have both built is on social media. We mainly focus on like communities, like creating communities and getting people to really connect people with information, with value, with understanding, even before people purchase our products. It's just something that we heavily teach is to get people into a community. You know, When you say a community, you're talking about once they join the business is get them all involved as a group in a community or from a marketing perspective, target specific communities that already exist. No, what I mean is that, first of all, we start with the customers. That's our main goal is to start with customers. Actually, and, no one can't even start in our company as a partner. Everybody needs to become a customer yeah. first. Yeah, and like you, if you go to our shop, it's just a shop. It has nothing 
to do with network marketing. Although we are like huge fans and we love network marketing and we teach those things, but no one can join without being a customer first. So we develop different groups. We have our customer group where we bring people who have never even purchased our product and they see the experiences and our customers go in there and then they post about what they have experienced with our products and in different aspects. And we also try to stay as much on top of compliance because we understand that we don't want to get into the health claims and all those things. But when people are sharing their experience, if they're sleeping better, if they're feeling better in their health, whatever that is, then different people see, oh, where can I get it? People is, they actually get their customers on social media. We teach many other strategies. I think that this is the one that we heavily teach. And then, because that's the onboarding of our customers, and then we get them onboarded by posting their experiences, and then we guide them to some of them that want to be distributor. It is a process. We don't per se come in and, hey, join the business and you're going to make money and not a lot of money. Don't We don't do that. So I'm on so I'm on your site as an example. I can go there, I can buy the product direct. How do you handle those customers? Assuming I went through and ordered the actual product, filled out all my name, I can see there's a buy now button and there's a credit card page. If I buy direct, how do you guys handle that in terms of the trust and the relationship with the field? No one can buy it straight. Like it's the same thing. It's like everybody have their own link, their own web shop. So basically if they don't have uh, if they Oh, don't so have- I must have gone, did I click on your link then? No, it just says newhopeglobal.com forward slash checkout. Yes. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. But it's still going to be like before you actually do the checkout, you actually need to put a referral inside. Like it, it's going to ask you for the for someone to, who referred you like a sponsor. I'm interested in this because it, obviously in this retail world, things are changing. Some companies are doing it horribly and they're violating the relationship. Hopefully you're not doing this, but right? they're <laughs> no. violating that relationship and trust that they have with the field by selling direct. And in a yeah. couple of the craziest situations, I've seen that there's almost a benefit of buying direct, which is just ludicrous. And you're saying if I go here and I go through the payment process, what if I found out about the product, which does happen, and I don't have a rep? Will you appoint me one or does that block my purchase? What we do is basically, if you do not have it, like we don't even allow someone to search for it, which basically even protect more over all of our distributors or partners. Basically, like I know that some companies would tell you, give you like a search engine. You can even search by cities, by names or something like that. No, we just have unique, what we call the username, not even the full name. It's very much harder for someone who doesn't know anyone to even come and guess something. Why? Because it's, we want to protect our community as much as we can. That's a big part for us. That's why also like right now we have 89% of people that are inside our company are actually just pure customers through this point. Like you said, I've seen some companies even doing like the ads and selling it straight and doing all those different kinds of things, Crazy, which, yeah. which again is for me, it's like, how do you do this? What happens if someone comes to us and say, hey, you know what? I just really saw this somewhere and I'm really interested in the product and I really don't know anyone or and it's asking me that I need to have someone who referred me. What we do is basically we have what we call like a pool of customers that doesn't have any referral. And what we do with that later on, we do different kind of promotions, different kind of things. So basically we give all these people in case there's really not much of them, yeah. to be honest, it's talking about course, tens, yeah. even hundreds, yeah. but if it is, what we do is we basically then give them to someone that either is that's through, through different kind of promotions or like through different, let's say like geographical part or like the language. 
because we are so much international. If someone comes to us, I don't know, and let's say, I don't know, speaks Hungarian, we might as, as much try to connect them with someone from Hungary, right? Because yeah. it's going to be much easier and not just easier, but also it's going to be more beneficial for them or to maybe sometimes even in the future have more success in building a business if they want to do so. And it's very rare in this case because we hardly get like people to ask these yeah. questions because we don't do ads. Like yeah. as a company, we don't do those things. We have a lot of respect for our field and we don't teach those things either. I'm not saying that if anybody hearing this podcast that is doing it, that is wrong, but we just are doing what is duplicatable, what mm -hmm. anybody can do and what works. That's it. That's awesome. Danny Dino has been awesome. And I think it's inspirational. There are top leaders that we have that come to the call and enterprises as well. But for those top leaders, for those people that say, I want to steer my own ship, I want to build a business. I um, mean, there's some people that may be looking for a home as well. And you guys, it sounds like you've done an incredible job with New Hope Global. I hope people find that inspiring. I certainly do. I think it's very cool. And it's great being with you guys today. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Well, first of all, I would just say thank you for inviting and having us here. It's always great to have a discussion and being able to share some things. But when it comes to the things, I would always say we are living in beautiful times right now. Even if some people say, oh, you know what, it's like the things are like that or like that. I believe we have an amazing opportunity in so many different ways. And it's just about everybody. I hope those who are listening, this podcast are listening for to get some inspiration, motivation, you know, some knowledge, skills and ideas to be able to go through and be better every single day. And I guess that's one of the main purposes why we are here and being able to provide and serve other people. I would just say, just encourage everybody to keep following your dreams, keep growing, keep getting better because our time in this world is very limited and we just have to take the best and do the best as we can. That's right. Thank you for having us and for your audience. Just keep on going. This is a better way for sure. If you're looking for company or if you're in network marketing, if you don't quit, if you follow the systems that they're teaching you in your company or with your uplines, you will succeed because there are proven records of success for those that you know are leading the way in our industries. This is a really great way for you to maybe get out of a situation you're in or start a career. And if somebody wants to reach you guys directly, how do they do that? I think social media will be the best. Yep. Danny Nadelko, that's my handles, both on Facebook. N-E-D-E-L-K-O, Nadelko. correct. Awesome. It's been fantastic being with you guys today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream with Patrick Shaw. For more insights on building a solid networking business, visit our website at rapidfunnel.com slash MLM. If you loved our content, please share, like, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.